Hello, I am Kieran, and today we will be having a debate on how far can a prime minister dictate events and determine policy. Um, today we have a debate between Arnold Lodge School with Shivam and Charlie, and they're <laughs> arguing against pupil politics, uh, Joe and Aaron. Um, there are no judges in this debate, um, but there will be a poll on Twitter at pupil politics. Um, and so we shall go to Shivam and Charlie arguing that prime ministers can dictate events whenever you're ready. So the prime minister's power to determine and dictate events is influenced by current affairs, the economy, public opinion, and more. In a system with a strong executive branch and a weak legislative branch, the PM has the significant ability to set governmental agendas, make unilateral decisions, and control the flow of information to the public. Now we'll be moving to uh, People politics is our opening statement. While it could be argued that the power of the prime minister's formal and informal powers are so great that they are able to effectively dictate policies and events alone, no prime minister is more powerful than their cabinet. History has shown that even the most powerful and president-like prime ministers are held back by the fact that if cabinet does not have faith in them, their government ceases to function and ultimately the prime minister will have to resign. In fact, the prime minister relies on its cabinet to effectively govern as if they tried to command every aspect of policy, they would find themselves too thinly spread and make many enemies in the process, ultimately weakening them. Thank you both teams. Arnold Lodge, would you like to ask a question to people politics? In 2017, um, May, uh, Prime Minister Theresa May had, uh, had stated on BBC's Andrew Marr show that she would not be calling a snap election. However, uh, she went against this and uh, was able to, um, because she thought it would give her much better political, opinion, um, political much more political power, um, because she saw that the opinion polls were much more favourable towards uh, the Conservative side than Corbyn's Labour government, um, she decided to call this anyway. Uh, she also wanted to not be seen as an unelected leader so she wants her own personal mandate. Um, her advisors told her that she should uh, push for this, uh, that she should go for this snap election. Uh, and she did. She did this. Uh, she completely dictated the events uh, to be in what she believed would be in her favour. Uh, although that did not work out, it does not mean that she was not able to completely change the way the little political landscape was in 2017. Um, how do you argue against that? Um, well, the case that you mentioned with Theresa May, uh, she had been brought into power after David Cameron had left the job of Prime Minister after the um, referendum voted in favour of Brexit very narrowly. Um, uh, so the fact that Theresa May had to call this election, you are quite right, uh, was to try and widen her majority. Um, in fact, as you were also referred to, she uh, unfortunately lost that and ended up having to form a um, arrangement with the um, the Democratic Unionist Party. Um, but she couldn't dictate the event of the Brexit referendum, which left her in quite a vulnerable vulnerable position to try and uh, then negotiate a deal. Um, in the in the twenty sixteen ref uh, Brexit referendum, uh, although the public voted to leave the EU. Uh, if Theresa May had wanted to, she could have gone against um, the public's opinion. Um, this is because the ref referendum itself is not legally binding. Um, 
and she could have dictated that event however she wished. So while Theresa May could have gone against the wishes of the public in terms of Brexit, this would have made her extremely unpopular with the 17 million people that had voted for Brexit and most likely meant that there would have been calls for a general election and meant the Conservatives would have been voted out of power ultimately. So your point about unpopularity doesn't really hold much significance as it doesn't equal the ability to dictate events. Look at Margaret Thatcher in 1990. She released one of the most unpopular bills ever, the Poll Tax. Um, while that was very unpopular with riots breaking out in central London, that did not change and she still implemented her policy. And it was only changed by the following Prime Minister, John Major. So while Margaret Thatcher did do this, this several, so these several unpopular um, policies that she made, ultimately made her a lot of political enemies and did lead, lead to her downfall in 1990 as she didn't have the support of her of her cabinet or her backbenchers. Thank you for both teams. We're now going to move on to the next stage. If people politics would like to ask Arnold Lodge a question when you're ready, please. Um, one argument that the Prime Minister does not dictate policy and events is the Cabinet government thesis, where the Cabinet are bounded by collective responsibility to make vital decisions for the country. Realistically, it's the Cabinet that calls the shots, isn't it? So your point is valid, uh, though it's evident that the Cabinet is controlled by the Prime Minister and they are chosen by the Prime Minister as well, uh, with opportunities for reshuffles, being, done, being carried out by the Prime Minister, giving them an opportunity to divide and rule. Because the way I see it, and the men can see it, is that in a cabinet, there's going to be those who support you and those who oppose you, such as Margaret Thatcher, she kept her wet clothes and her dry as far. Um, so opportunities like cabinet reshuffles gives them to the chance to divide and rule, bringing in more support and pushing out the opposition. Um, so whilst at the same time, uh, you are right, the Prime Minister can uh, ultimately decide who goes in and who gets booted out of their uh, their cabinet. I think it's a tactical decision when, when hiring the individuals to occupy those senior roles within government. Uh, you see individuals like Rishi Sunak, when he was put into, into power, he appointed quite a, a mix of individuals from quite far right parts of his party and at the same time sort of centre ground uh, conservatives so you need that mix to keep the entire party content and, and perhaps stop them from attempting to overthrow you um, and in Liz Truss's case we I think we all know how that ended uh, not very well in, in her instance yeah. um, so with the with, with Liz Truss with the Liz Truss point that you, you brought up um, she brought in people into her cabinet using her power to dictate events how she wanted, uh, although this did end up with her resigning. Um, it, she did resign, it was not a, she was forced out of the party, she was, she was told to resign, but she ended up resigning, which showed the power of the Prime Minister. Uh, it's only the Prime Minister can really um, make the Prime Minister leave. Um, and then you have Rishi Sunak seeing the failure of, of Liz Truss and using his, uh, his power of the cabinet to control the party and right to dictate events using his power over the party.
So you said that the Prime Minister ultimately decides if they resign. However, I disagree because if the Cabinet loses faith in the Prime, in the prime Minister and choose to resign, this, this will heavily pressure the Prime Minister because it basically makes government basically makes government useless and ungovernable so it would be, it would basically mean and it will basically pressure the government the, the prime minister to resign ultimately um so although you are correct in that this trust did leave because of the uh the public and political pressure to do so um if she if she wanted to she could ignore this and kept going for the full time um for the rest of the time she had. Thank you both teams for those questions and answers. We will now be moving to closing statements, starting with pupil politics. Um, whilst our counterparts have provided some very true information in this debate, um, they started off by saying that Theresa May, Theresa May, not Theresa Mayo, did call a snap election. And that is entirely true. But why did she call it? Well, in truth, she was pressured into it. Brexit through David Cameron left her in a position that was rather uncomfortable in her eyes. She had to try and get a Brexit deal through Parliament with an already divided party. Um, so in order to try and cancel that problem out, she had to try and expand her majority. Whilst that didn't work in the long run, she was pressured into it. She didn't make that decision herself. They then later mentioned Margaret Thatcher and her downfall. Well, her downfall was brought about by controversial things, as Joe touched upon, bringing in uh, the idea of shutting down the, the coal mines. And Liz Truss, well, her mini budget that was brought about through her and Quasi Quarting was lobbied for by the Taxpayers Alliance and the Institute for Economic Affairs. She didn't dictate policy. She might have made the final decision, that is true, but she didn't decide it by herself. Um, and that is why we stand on the position that the Prime Minister cannot uh, dictate events and determine policy. Thank you very much. Um, we will now be moving on to the closing statement from Arnold Lodge when you're ready. Uh, although the Cabinet may have the power to dictate events, the ultimate power has always and will always be down to the Prime Minister, whether that be through their control of the Cabinet or their ability to ignore public opinion or even to resign from their station whenever they wish. The final say will always be with the Prime Minister, no matter what. That's why we firmly believe that the Prime Minister has ultimate power to determine and dictate policy. Thank you very much, Arnold Lodge, and thank you both teams for a well-thought debate. Also, thank you, our listeners, for enjoying, well, hopefully, this debate between these two schools. Um, and remember, if you wish to vote for a winner, the poll is on Twitter at Pupil Politics.